welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another Morph Monday, and... I'm already laughing, I'm sorry. (laughs) So take the Andalites and Yerk stuck in your mind. Jake's depressed, Marco's having a great time. Rachel's just a memory, and Visser 3's on trial. (laughs) For what it's worth, it was worth all the while. The Alamus unpredictable, but turns out Cassie's right. I hope we had the time of our life. I'm Em. I'm Anna. This is beautiful. Beautiful song. Thank you. Good job, Em. Um, we're here today with Shelfware Podcast reading the very last Animorphs <gasps> book. God. Animorphs number 54. The beginning, written by K.A. Applegate herself. Ooh. Oh boy, um, I I did a, I I read this um, at the end of 2021. I did not want to uh-huh. go into 2022 having to read any more Animorphs books. I was ready to be over with the series. This was the second book I read in 2022. Also good, you know. Here we are. Both are brave things to have done. Mm-hmm. I. <laughs> I finished this book and I said, I have to wait a month to talk to Em about this. <laughs> yes. We got on the recording and you tried, or not even the recording, the call, and you tried to start talking about it. And I was like, no, we're not saying anything about it until the recording. So for the first time possibly ever, like, I feel like when we started this podcast, we were like, we're not going to talk about it between takes, but we usually, we usually text do. about it. And you guys know yes. that. We can't help it. We have so many feelings. We've not said a single thing about this book to yeah. each other. Nope. Mm-mm. So what'd you think? Girl. <laughs> when the book ended, I was like, no. No. <laughs> um, and I was like, surely, surely this is the beginning of a spinoff series that K.A. Applegate will, K.A. Applegate will write for older audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, we will, we, we get so much interesting lore at the end of this book. Yeah. Some really fucked up imagery. <laughs> Completely new villain. Um, and then the book is like, anyway, peace. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it. That's all you get. And then and then there's this cheeky little letter at the end that's like, hey, just thought the animorphs should should go out the way they would have preferred, guns blazing. And I'm like, but I I was on board. I was on board with this book so hard. Until it took, until it, the last third was like, anyway, here's a new series that you're never going to be able to read. <laughs> I think it's brave. Extremely. I think it's, I, I think in the end, I land on, I like it. I think that I would, pre- I think I would prefer this to everything being wrapped up tidily. I yeah. think. Yeah. There no. is some stuff that I'm like, I wish I did get a conclusion that like the Elemis stuff. We still don't really know Elemis what the rules are to like, that fucking yeah, game. fucked off the whole book. There was no nothing. And there's some stuff that I have a problem with. Um, mm. The fact that both of the women don't get to go on the. Of course not. The adventures. No. Um, that's cool. They but... have to be either dead or domestic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It is wild to me. That Cassie got Susaned in this book. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is wild. Yeah. Just. You know what? She grew up. She put on the lipstick and that was it for Aslan. He said no. <laughs> i sorry. Jake the Tiger. <laughs> wild stuff. Um, But overall, I think that I liked the ending. That's very. Mm, hmm. Interesting. I. <laughs> <laughs> I like okay so she wrote I guess there was a big backlash of course when this first came out and people were complaining about it and so K.A. Applegate I guess also wrote a follow-up letter that was like hey guys like I my whole goal with this was to say like war's not good and you shouldn't Mm -hmm. like we're not here to glorify it like if you if my readers are going to be coming of age and will soon be like um able to enlist or be drafted or whatever like I want you to go into that situation having read my books and knowing like not everything about war or anything about war at all is glamorous. Right. And I get that. I'm so on board with that. Like, yes, let's leave these characters completely like their personal lives destroyed, their mental health, a shambles, whatever. But then I just, I think it's so egregious to introduce this. So this fascinating, absolutely 
fascinating story that I want to continue reading and just be like, "Mm -mm, that's all you get, girl. That's all. And I'm just so salty about it. And and for that to be like the last, the last thing, I, I fully understand like going out guns blazing, but like if it had anything at all to do with like Cryac or the LMS, I've been like, yes, thank you. We finally like, now we can headcanon what happened between them all. But no, it's a completely new entity, a completely new evil. Something terrible has happened to Axe. Like, what? <laughs> he has a mouth now? <laughs> I I feel like th- there's another, um, possibly that same letter, possibly a different thing that I saw referenced a few times mm-hmm. about uh, Kay Applegate speaking about this after the fact. That another point that they wanted to make with this was that uh, usually the end of a war is the set up to a new war mm, right that makes um, sense like world war one going into world war two going into um the various conflicts cold war vietnam korea and then eventually gulf war i might have switched vietnam and korea i can never remember which i think one korea first. Mm, korea and then vietnam korea vietnam I vietnam korea so, those... i mean like when you look at wars there's pretty much always one going on and they do kind of lead into each other right yeah like the conflicts that end one lead into the conflicts of the next so i do get that that's like the thing that she's trying to um, elicit here. But I do agree that like it, it is a little bit um, left field to be like, and there's this entirely new thing that you mm-hmm. have to fight now. It's like, well, the point that you're trying to make is that wars often beget more wars. Wouldn't it make more sense to have one of the players that we already know be a rising yeah, like, like the cheer well they i guess they can't well maybe they could you know maybe they they, over, they figure out an override or whatever that would yeah. be a thing they went and got um, the cube and changed their overrides and yeah. now they can do war because they're real salty about what happened with jake because they want to make everyone be yeah. peaceful through war yeah like that would be a commentary make the andalites american be militarism. super bad guys yeah I mean, there, there's definitely options there that yeah. wouldn't have been, here's a whole new alien. It didn't bother me that much because it did feel very like, okay, yeah, there's a whole new alien, but she probably hasn't like actually fleshed out every single aspect of it. And it's just very like blasting off to our next adventure sort yeah. of vibes, which I was like, yeah, okay, I get that. Um, and I, I do prefer that to like, I don't know, Jake at, 90 in a hospital bed oh yeah i didn't want that time of the animorphs or something you know (laughs) yeah definitely didn't want that i i do i loved the time skips i liked seeing what how their lives would pan out some of it did seem very unrealistic i wanted the time skips to be bigger like i wanted to be five years i want him to be like a completely like just fallen apart 30 year old (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) who's like doesn't fit into his morphing suit anymore but it's gonna go try and do more war anyway (laughs) you want him to be be peter peter parker Parker from into the spider (laughs) absolutely that's what i wanted voiced by jake miller (laughs) is that his name nick miller nick miller jake is the actor's name thank (laughs) y'all i like the time skips as well although I really did dislike how short the time skips were because Mm -hmm. it just made it so unrealistic. Absolutely. Um, And I don't understand why she needed to do it that way just to keep them like teens to be relatable. I don't know. But I'm like, the people reading this are not 19-year-olds except for, you know, us. Like Mm -hmm. we're over 19, obviously. I'm only 19. Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, for the most part, the kids reading this, like if you're 12 reading the Animorphs. Yeah. You're not going to relate to a 19-year-old any more than you're going to relate to a 30-year-old, you right. know? Yeah. So I, I didn't really get why she didn't just... And I feel like that would have made it more clear that this wasn't going to be a continuing series because, like, okay, she's obviously not going to write about uh, 30-year-olds for a middle-grade series, right? Or even, like, a <laughs> YA series. Yeah, yeah. Versus, like, a 19-year-old, yeah, that does seem like, okay, why aren't you writing this book? There could be more here. Um, I also read on the Seropedia, the wiki, that um, there were supposed to be there was supposed to be another Megamorphs book to coincide oh. with this, the final being released. Because we read the Elements Chronicles right before this, but it was published way before. Um, mm-hmm. So there was supposed to be a final Megamorph books, Megamorphs book that was to be released the same time as this one that maybe filled in more gaps. I don't know. Um, it was scrapped though at the end. So. I mean, this was essentially a megamorph. Yeah, we got exactly. Everybody's perspective. It was just short. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. Um, yeah. I I am a little sad mm-hmm. that this mm-hmm. is the end, mm-hmm. that we don't get more yeah. Animorphs, but like I'm happy with the way they went out, I think. I just, I feel... I mean, some of them. I crave Not more. Not Rachel. <laughs> I crave more of this story that didn't get a chance to be told. I do feel like... I don't know. It almost it almost just feels like a little bit of I don't know. I don't know. I maybe maybe this is just, just maybe this is just as like sadness of being like anyway, mm. no more animorphs ever again. We've done it. Yeah. We finished it. Like now where do we go on from here, I guess? Podcast canceled, right? LLJK, we do have things planned. But <laughs> um it's just absolutely wild i even like when i started reading this book i kept putting it down like i read this last night and i kept putting it down because i just didn't want to finish reading the book um like at the start i once i got into it i kept going but like i was only reading like a page at a time for like an hour Mm -hmm. because i just and right now i feel like i'm doing that again where i'm like i don't want to start talking about the plot of this book because then we're going to be done talking about the animorphs and it makes me sad (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Agreed. Um, but you know, there's always AO3. That's true. <laughs> so join us next week for our AO3 Animorphs fan cast. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh man. All right, let's get in the pot of this book so our listeners can know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, <sighs> guys, I'm sad. I'm sad. There's a lot of sad shit that goes down in this book. Uh yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll let you guys be the judges of whether or not this is a good ending. <laughs> um, the book opens with Rachel. She's on the Yerk Blade ship with Tom and his Goonies, and we are back in time a few minutes, like to the point where Jake has flushed all the Yerks out into space, and we get to see Tom's reaction to that, where he's like, "Oh, good, I don't have to kill them myself." But then, in, but then he's also quietly like, "Oh my God, I can't. Why would why would Mister One believe do that? Did that? Oh my God, like, what's going on over there? I better call. I better call to just check in." So Tom calls, or he hails Mister One on comms. Um, and they do their little back and forth, but he also finds out Jake's still alive. Ah. So while Tom's attention is focused on Jake, Rachel, who's been hiding out as a flea this whole time, goes and crawls under a dusty morphs, becomes a human and remorphs into her grizzly bear. And she, she's like, it's my last stand, man. I got to go out swinging. She's vastly outnumbered, um, gets beat up pretty badly. Tom turns into a snake bites Rachel a bunch of times in the face. She can no longer see. Uh, the others are just watching this happen. All That's all they can do is watch as Rachel gets the shit beaten out of her. She's on the verge of death. And the last thing she does is she says, Tobias, help me. And he's like, I can't, baby girl, I can't. I can't do anything. And she's like, no, help me kill Tom. And he's like, oh, shit. He, okay, reach out with your left paw. Now grab him. And Rachel is able to take the snake Tom and chomp on him. She eats him to death. And Tom dies. God, this is so... Oh, my God. This whole scene with Tobias and her. It was so bad. Poor Tobias. Like, okay. Tobias deserves something, right? Like this, Something. This boy comes from an abusive childhood. His mother, who he feels no connection to at all, um... Doesn't get a chance to get to know her really before this all happens, you know. His girlfriend, the one person who accepted him as both bird and boy, dies before his eyes as she eats the snake version of her cousin. Um, And has to sit there with her cousin who also like looks like her and is beautiful just like her as we've always always heard. Jake and Rachel are both beautiful and they think each other are beautiful. Um, And just be like, "Why, why did you let this happen? Now I have nobody. I am alone again. And then he just, after all of this, he just disappears for three years. The amount of punches not pulled in this book, you guys. It's like, truly. I swear, so many times we said shit in our predictions. We're like, there's no there's way no Kay Applegate is going to. It fully, it's she just fully kills happened. Rachel. She. I mean, I know we haven't gotten to that part yet, but Rachel fully Rachel dies. dies. Yeah, Rachel fully dies. And Rachel was the one talking to the Elemis. Mm-hmm. Rachel is fully dead. We were like, it's definitely not Rachel. It's certainly not Rachel. It's going to be a fake out that it's Rachel. It was Rachel. It was Rachel. 
<sighs> Rachel, my beautiful, my beautiful girl. Um, the Elmas like tells her his story that we talked about a couple weeks ago, and then just never reappears in this book again. Like that is all the resolution we get from the Elmas and the Cryak. The two like the two forces that we thought were just like puppeteers behind the scenes, you know, they just disappear and everything else is like I guess we can assume like oh the the Elmist like made some someone fart in Asia and that made Visser one stand for his war trials. I don't know. It doesn't it's nothing. He's gone. I was very unsatisfied by this. I feel like what we are the conclusion we are meant to draw from looking at the Elmist because we read the Elmist Chronicles right before this. Mm-hmm. Um, is that most likely, like, the Elemist and Cryak are probably just still at it, right? Like, mm. that whatever rules they, they had drawn up. they promised this was their last fight. Uh-huh. Yeah. Promised. Right. Right. But that's not going to be the case, right? Like, <laughs> right, I feel right, like right. they're almost like a metaphor for war itself, right? That they're mm-hmm. always, like, that they're opposition and... Uh, there's this promise that something good will come out of it, but what just happens is more war, right? Yes. And I feel like that's kind of what we're supposed to take from this, which makes it really dark that Rachel's like, did my life matter? And the Elemist is like, of course it mattered. It's like, it kind of seems like it didn't, right? This seems like a waste. Like, not not in the sense, I mean, like, yes, what Rachel did helped end the war, but yeah. also... It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because war still happens. Yeah, this like, whole book has a very nihilistic tone to it that yeah. my person I'm here for does match most of my worldviews, but, like, <laughs> very depressing if you're 12 years old and you're like, yeah, the last Animorphs book, they're going to win. I can't wait to see them kick your ass. Everyone's going to be happy that the war is over. And you get none of that, actually. The only person Mm-mm. who seems to have any modicum of happiness is Marco because – that's just like his personality. Even Cassie is very like melancholy about everything, right? It's just like I don't know. Very, very realistic in a way. I was not expecting from a yeah, yeah. series targeted at a very young audience. Um the blade ship gets away with the morphing cube. Even though Tom is dead, someone else presumably has taken control and they're gone. They fuck off. Great. So really, truly, like no point in Rachel dying. And and remember, this the the blade ship was able to get away because Eric the Chi, when he was hacking the computer system, said, "LOL, what if I turned all the weapons off?" <laughs> Jake was not expecting that. Um, so that's very cool and good. So we move on to the negotiations of peace between the Andalites and the Yerks. Um. Visser one is like, well, kill me, I guess. And Jake's like, no, we aren't in the business of killing people. Now that the war is over, you're our prisoner. They convince Visser one to release the body of Aloran. And basically they keep the Yerk in a little box until they can give him his trial. Um, Jake sends Cassie to go deal with Eric and, and the rest of the Chi. And because Jake is too mad. Jake is too mad to do it. Um, and but they, they do. He does tell Cassie, like, go tell Eric People are coming aboard. Andalites are coming aboard the ship. And if they want their existence to remain a secret, they have to get out of here now. That is the last I ever want to deal with Eric, though. Like, I never want to see him again. She, mm-hmm. and Eric's like, good, same. And he leaves. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Eric's like, what, is Jake going to apologize? And Cassie's like, no, get fucked. Yeah. This was the, I feel like, the angriest Cassie's been as well. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. I was expecting Cassie to be like, oh, Jake is upset, Eric, but you understand. Like, no, Cassie was like, no, fuck you. You ruined it. Like, yeah, yeah. I can't believe you've done this sort of situation. Um, Jake has Axe open up communications with the Andalites, who are doing, like, as they're talking, them doing a bunch of posturing and trying to take advantage of the humans and Earth. And Marco is like, hey, Jake, if, like, if you let the Andalites walk all over us now, that's it for humanity. Like, we will not get another chance to come out of this on top or to be independent or anything. The Andalites are going to just, like, absorb us. Um, so Jake, Jake does a good job here of, like, I think, like, maintaining his leadership status Baking it till he makes it situation. Axe also helps by, like, streaming this conversation to the entire, like, public media on the Andalite home planet. So the military can't do anything too shady. Um, 
the Andalites, I get it's revealed. I don't know if it was this book or, or the previous Animorphs title where like Axe is like, actually the, the military is not supposed to be this strong and it only has such a big presence in Andalite society because we've been at war for the, at, with because we've been at war with the Yerks for so long. Um, yeah. Typically it's like, they don't have any power at all. And I was like, stop, like, stop making things feel too real. <laughs> I also wanted to talk about this section because um, there was another interesting thing that happened here mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. that one of the other Andalites that they meet is this dude who has facial scarring and is missing an eye stalk. Okay. Is this someone we've met? And I forgot. No. Oh, okay. I just wanted to bring it up because they're number one, he's like in charge of everything. And weren't we told that like Andalites are like, if you have a disability, get fucked. That's like, true. Like, wasn't that a thing? And then also, everybody referring to this guy talks about his monstrous appearance, like That's- our heroes. I just again want to point out that the disability in this book is handled it's in a very right. disappointing manner. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, Yes, they're aliens, but also let's not let's talk about it a different let's, way. Why are we why are we making that be the thing yeah. to show that he is dangerous and possibly villainous? We know like, his whole, by his whole attitude. Like you didn't have yeah, to you, make it. You a didn't need to do thing. this. Yeah. <laughs> Bizarre. Let me guess. He was probably overweight too. <laughs> Good lord. I don't think they say that. But... <laughs> uh, um Jake negotiates for the Yerks and Taxons to be able to use the morphing technology to all become Nothlets, which the Andalites were very much like, fuck no, absolutely not. You're an idiot. I'm not, Earth sucks. Humans suck. <laughs> but then there's this kind of cool moment where Axe proposes an official challenge to the military Andalite dude who's in charge of the negotiations, where I guess, like, if ever a um, underling, I guess is the word sure. I'm looking for, um, finds something his superior is telling him to be very suspect. He can do an official challenge. And I think they have a trial and then every Andalite votes about it, like all of them. Um, and this isn't done often because if, if Axe were to lose this challenge, he'd be permanently exiled and have his tail blade cut off, which is very extreme, as we have discovered in other Andalite books. I mean, Animorphs books that, um, Yeah. <laughs> Andalites love perfect-looking Andalites only. The Andalites, the Andal- the military Andalites, don't accept the challenge because they feel like they will lose the challenge. Um, so they so they give in to what the humans want to happen. Um, Axe is going to be given four m- morphing cubes to use as he sees fit. And then also he's being promoted to the rank of prince. So that's cool, I guess. Good job, Axe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving on up in the world. Um, the Yerks formalize their surrender. The war is over. Cool. Uh, then we have, like, Rachel's cremated, and they have a memorial for her. Here's the bullshit thing. is like the blade ship just dumps Rachel's body in space, and they just find her floating out there. That's fucked up. Rachel deserved better in her afterlife. <laughs> I mean, they got her back and they yeah, cremated they did her. and they cremated her. But the fact that her body's just like floating out in space like trash is sad. Um, they have a memorial for her, and then at the end of the memorial, Tobias because he wasn't there at all. Tobias shows up at the end and then just like picks up the, mm-hmm. the container of her ashes and his little hawk claws and flies away, never to be heard from again by most of these people. <laughs> Which I think is a very funny mental image because, like, yes. how big is the hawk compared to this? I understand why he did it, but, like, okay. Let's do one last animal fact. How to much see can hawks if this carry? this is possible. So, was it? Let me see. She was a few. Because, like, I get, they can have, like, a rabbit or, like, a raccoon mm-hmm. or something. But you can dig your talons into the flesh and presumably hold on to it like that. But this is like smooth ceramic situation. I mean, it could have handles on it, I suppose. What if the Let's lid see. falls off while you're flying, Tobias? Maybe that was what he was going for, like spreading her ashes. Everywhere, you know. Yeah. What How if it fell off too early and you dumped them all over the people at the memorial, Tobias? You needed a better plan. So, okay. 
Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I just found a whole thing about how much ashes a human body makes. So, oh no. all right. This is all sad right. already. <laughs> yep, yep. Okay, so let's say Rachel's pre-death weight was I mean, she was like 13, so what? Like we'll go with 90 pounds. Um, okay. 1.53. It looks like basically a pound is going to be a cubic inch of ashes okay how much which equals about 13 grams so girl this is so much math 90 pounds so it would be 1170 grams which grams to pounds i don't even know if that's gonna work because that's like okay okay so that's feasible because that's like two and a half pounds really the urn is gonna be about nope that's still ashes i need to know how much the actual urn weighs <laughs> just okay, go on just amazon and order one urn. on amazon yeah, yes, yeah, yeah yes 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 um this is gonna fuck up my searches for amazon but <laughs> we saw you wanted an urn here's 10 more in case you needed more <laughs> one for each of your friends i guess Okay, so it's probably a pretty nice urn because she's like a war hero. Yeah, it's probably like the nicest urn made of the heaviest. So I'm gonna look rock. at this the supernova galaxy cremation urn. Yeah, sounds it's really got a classy cool for our girl pattern. whose dead body was found in space. Mm-hmm. Precisely, <laughs> and she's probably gonna need like a medium, maybe a small. She's not that big. Um. <laughs> Unless she was in her grizzly bear form at the time. No, she okay. wasn't. An so. urn only weighs 2.3 pounds. So all together. Okay, so it's he could. About five pounds. So and a If he could get a carry, good grip on a handle. Hawk carrying capacity. It looks like most hawks can mm-hmm. carry about three pounds. Okay. So this is a superhuman feat or super hockeyan mm. feat of strength. Dang, maybe he maybe he spliced his hawk DNA with like hork bajir DNA. <laughs> Those were the legs of a hork bajir. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he pulled it off. He took he took he took the urn to who knows where to do who knows what. I mean, like not nefarious things, but. We don't. We just we're don't not know. told if he spread the ashes or just kept them sleeps in the next to it. Which is yeah. the saddest thing I've ever heard. Um, one year later, we have our first time skip. One year later, Marco, Cassie, and Jake are all super famous all over Earth. Like to the, like every every Earthling knows their faces, knows their names, loves them, worships them. Marco, Marco has turned his fame into a assist. Eh. Has turned his fame into a successful acting career. As usual, he is mostly consumed with thoughts of how to date women. I, he's seventeen, yep. and he's talking about dating actresses and, and models and stuff. And I know there are younger actresses and models in the world. I do understand that, but like, mm, <laughs> I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm concerned for Marco. This was one of the reasons that I was like, hey, I hate how short these time skips are. Because if yes. you made this time skip five years, he's 21. Fine. Perfect. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares who he's dating? 21. He's dating models. He he's drink. dating actresses. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. 17 or even in the later time skip, 19. And he's like hitting on and being hit on by the like uh, flight attendant and stuff. Like that is a full grown ass woman with a job and a career. Yeah. Like that's yeah. not a 17 year old model. That's yeah. an adult woman. Like, I mean, I don't know, maybe there are 19 year old flight attendants and just in general, he's like, every woman wants me. Even when he's 17, I'm like, this is creepy and gross. Just because he is a boy does not make it less creepy and gross. Agreed. that he's 17 and having presumably adult women hit on him. That's weird. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. And I don't like it here. Why didn't you make them? Why didn't you make the time skips bigger? I don't get it. Like, And it seems as if he already lives on his own in his big mansion because we don't hear anything about his parents. No. What happened to what's her name? The the stepmom. Oh, yeah. We don't. <laughs> We don't know. Marco's just on his own, 17, living in the biggest house in Los Angeles with the nicest car I don't, and, and just dating older women. And I think he needs an intervention. I think 
I think Marco is not as happy as he as he as he tells people he is. Um, well, they even make that point later on when he gets towards the end of this book recruited to go on the the next big adventure. Mm-hmm. He's like, Jake's like, Ugh, wouldn't you be mad if I didn't invite you? Weren't you bored uh, doing what you're doing? And he's like, yeah, of course I was. And Jake's like, but you're still going to complain about it, huh? And Marco's like, yeah, of course I am. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. I think he even knows that this isn't a fulfilling life, but yeah. And I, I hate that's kind of that's kind of how we leave Marco because even even in his, we get POV chapters for him after this, mm-hmm. but like he's kind of reverted back to the first few books, Marco. And I, I really appreciated the characterization that happened, like as he you know was going to try and kill his mom, um, how he you know was trying going to kill Visser one and save his mom, and and then ultimately like. That, that scene where he had to put the yerk back in his mom's head. I don't know. He just, he was much more serious, had much more gravity to him. Um, and then this. And I was like, mm, this is not what I wanted for Marco. Yeah, I felt like Marco's purpose in this book was kind of like, okay, we've done Marco's arc. He's done. We don't care about yeah. him anymore. He got his um, biggest dream to have his parents back together. Yeah, we're just going to use him as, like, info dump whenever mm-hmm. there's just, like, exposition that we have to do about these times. Because he's the tactical we'll go one. He Marco. gets what's going on behind the scenes. Right. And he can just, like, tell jokes and explain stuff really fast. Yeah. And we don't have to worry about, like, him being upset or sad or whatever. But I'm just like, that's... I, yeah, I agree. I didn't like how Marco was handled in this book. It sem- seemed like he undid a lot of the characterization that he had towards the end of the series. Yeah. And it was just kind of, like flat a little bit at, yeah. at best you would read it as he's also traumatized and is putting on this facade in order to like we've seen marco use homer god i can't speak to we've seen marco use humor to cope with stuff yes. in the past so like maybe it's that but it does it doesn't get delved into really at all so mm-hmm. it kind of just seems like he didn't it just change seems like he's happy and series. hanging out yeah yeah i agree i um yeah this definitely it just and I get it, like, maybe there wasn't the time or the desire mm. to write more, but I felt like there could have been, this could have been a slightly longer book, right? Like, give it an extra yeah. 20 or 30 pages to kind of flesh out some of these internalizations. Like, mm. I also have a lot of questions about, like, Cassie and what's going on with her, and 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 that is, like, the last thing you would ever think I would say. But I do, I do wish we had a little bit more, even of Cassie's POV in this, of these she's she is here's what she's 17 years old and she's an undersecretary in the government of the interior for resident aliens and is has a very successful governmental career ahead of her she's 17 that's got to be absolutely terrifying to be making decisions on that level um and you Mm -hmm. could say oh yeah she's been doing it for the whole war but like this this is has implications in peacetimes that the whole world the whole universe is going to be applying going forward right so, and people know about it. And people know about it. Um, but but it's characterized as like Cassie's fine. She's happy. She's grooving. Like she don't whatever. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I really disliked Cassie's handling in this book as well. Mm-hmm. I felt like, I mean, we'll get into it a little bit more. I feel like in a second. But yeah, I yeah. was not a fan of. I, I feel like I thought that oh, the Cassie ending thing that people were pissed about was Cassie being like giving the morphing cube away. Yeah. No, it's it's the actual ending for Cassie. I think like she gets the worst ending out of any of the yeah. animorphs i feel like she get, well she commits the crime of not loving jake anymore so she gets tossed aside <laughs> as well. okay okay um jake is he's he's hanging out he's obviously extremely traumatized by his actions in the war um everything that happened to him and he he just kind of stops talking to everybody including cassie they just drift apart um Marco Marco says that Jake honestly could probably be the ruler of the world would be elected to rule the entire world if he wanted to but he's just he's living with his parents um kind of like probably blaming himself for what happened with Tom and and what that what Tom's death probably has done to his parents and I don't know maybe he feels like the best way to atone is to stay home but and not do anything or have any fun or whatever but we again we don't know because we don't really get a lot of that from Jake's point of view. It's Marco is telling us this and Marco is very much like I tried to get Jake to go on TV shows and hook up with these hot chicks but he didn't want to. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm all I also would not want to hang out with you, Marco. <laughs> um 
our alien updates, Hork-Bajir, they live at Yellowstone. Um, people go and look at them at Yellowstone. It's a whole big cool tourist thing. They're happy. Taxons, they're all anacondas in the Amazon. Here's a fucked up thing, though. Arbron was shot and killed by poachers. The that fuck? That was the... One of the most fucked up moments in this book. I was like, why did you include that? Why did you include that? We already knew he was going to be unhappy as the literally last taxon ever. (laughs) That was, of all of the things to wrap up and put a bow on, like that being the thing, you could have just not mentioned Arbron at all. And I would have been like, I can can draw the conclusion Mm -hmm. there. But no, like, what? You, (laughs) what? He was shot and killed by poachers. First of all, for, to what end? What poacher wants a stuffed taxon in their house? Who are they making things with one taxon skin? Like what? To what purpose? I mean, I can see some of those like big game poachers who have like, like the trophy displays my and whatever. Kill was the only taxon left. Uh huh. And I get it. Humans are shit. They're very bad. But then they extradite extradite they take his body and send it back to the andalite homeworld and they're so. like what do we want with the tax on <laughs> i mean he was an <laughs> anyway. um andalite tourism has also become a very big thing on the planet earth apparently andalites are just coming and getting human morphs i don't know what humans if they're volunteering for this or just randomly getting their bodies <laughs> stolen um and then they just, they come to earth and they eat stuff. So because of that, for the Andalites convenience, our, our, um, human technology has been boosted significantly. Um, and I think the Andalites are also taking human things back with them to the Andalite homeworld. Like I think Cinnabon was going to open up on the Andalite homeworld or something. Big moment for Cinnabon. They said that they were in the process of getting a Cinnabon there and like they were going to trade that for like uh z space technology i think yeah um because that was like the whole joke of like oh it's so funny that they would give this big technological advance for a cinnabon Mm -hmm. um yeah okay that's funny i guess guess. (laughs) i guess it makes sense it makes sense that when earth finally makes contact with multiple alien races that technology would be boosted but i do like the mental image of andalites absolutely going bonkers on earth eating cigarette butts yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Very good. Um, anyway, so the big thing in this in this time skip section is that Marco, Cassie, and Jake are going to testify at Visser One's war crimes trial. Um because of Jake's mental state, he has a very hard time when he's called to the stand. Mostly because Visser One's defense attorney is trying to discredit Jake as a witness and a war hero by saying, Well, he's also committed some pretty serious war crimes. Remember when he flushed that Yerk pool into space? Um, this like really hits Jake hard. Like he's like, yeah, I did do that. I am a fucking awful piece of trash. That was a crime. And ultimately the courts are like, no, he's innocent of everything. This is, this is nothing. And even Cassie is like, it's, it's fine. Like we are the victims here. So because we, because we had war committed upon us, we can't possibly be guilty of war crimes, blah, 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 blah. Which is like, I can't decide if that feels like a Cassie thing to say, but. I think it feels like a Cassie thing to say at the end of this book. Like, I feel like they're all kind of dealing with this in different ways. And I think Cassie um, is compartmentalizing a bit. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we see that with the Eric thing of being like actually pissed at Eric instead of being like the kind of typical Cassie self of trying to see everybody's side and yeah. like understand things the cassie who gave um, the morphing cube to tom would not have been mad at eric the cassie yeah, who's f- lost her best friend because of eric mm-hmm. was mad at eric <laughs> yes i feel like cassie is uh more willing to be black and white now yeah yeah um which again like you know give us give us some more cassie time i guess um, but so they're, she and Marco and Axe all come up with a plan to like, let's cheer up Jake. Let's cure his depression real quick, guys. It'll be easy. No therapy needed. They're like, <laughs> we're going to drop him in the middle of the ocean. He's going to have to morph into a dolphin and not any other swimming morph that he's ever acquired. And because dolphins are happy, Jake will be happy. Yay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mixed results. So, (laughs) 
I really like the conversation they have after that, though, where they get into the stuff about like, okay, we were the victims, so we can't yeah. be we can't be uh, blamed for this, basically. Because um, then the conversation goes from that. They're like, oh, they're talking about that. And Jake's like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. But also, that's not what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking I was justified because I'm the victim. I was thinking, um, actually, he doesn't say it. Marco says, I know what you thought, Jake. You thought, die, you filthy worms. Feel the fear, yerks. Feel the pain. Feel the helplessness. You wanted them to suffer, and the idea of them suffering and dying made you happy. You were thrilled. You were high. And, like, this whole idea comes up and never really gets resolved. Yeah. And I really like that of just, like, this sort of because because personally yeah i think that what jake did was a war crime <laughs> like yeah it was not okay like to kill a bunch of civilians for as a basically no reason as a distraction yeah yeah i i agree that with visser you know three minus two that that was fucked up and not an all right thing to do if we were playing by the rules of war or whatever mm-hmm. and i like that they weren't like oh, you were trying to just make the decisions, whatever. They're like, no, you were, like, emotional about this. Because Cassie is trying to paint this in this black and white thing of, like, oh, we were the victims, and so, you know, it's okay that we did this. And it's like, no, it's more complicated than that, right? Like, you hated them, and you wanted them to die, and you killed them, Mm -hmm. and you have to live with that. And then it just ends with, I was suddenly exhausted, worn out all the way deep down, and everyone had run out of things to say. Yeah, Um, yeah, I think, yeah, they all kind of agree, like, it's fucked up but you can't like it's you just can't fucked change up now. that you did it yeah like so so yeah mixed results like jake finally he hadn't morphed since the final battle so he he finally has morphed again he seems slightly more confident more aware that like hey reaching out to my friends is a good idea because they also know what i went through and will understand me um and he kind of he kind of comes back to himself a little bit but it's not it's not old jake anymore you know like that's never going to be an option for him um so he does like he goes back up on the stand the next day and he does a lot better um testifying and visser one is eventually found guilty and sentenced to a jail they built for him in kansas yay kansas (laughs) (laughs) representation of your home state yes i love it i and i think it's they built like a whole facility to 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 house visser one and i'm just like is it is it just that little suitcase that he was in the whole time like they maybe put a window on it i don't like you don't need a big building for this thing (laughs) um so yes now we have another time skip two years after the trial three years after the war has ended um axe is in space captain of the intrepid trying to hunt down the missing blade ship they he and his crew are floating around in space they come across this weird ship um and when they scan it no life signs at all are detected and axe is like well let's go check it out that's weird i've never seen a ship that looks like this before um they as they like do further scans one of his officers says i think there's some like there's some dna from planet earth on this ship and axe immediately is like okay maybe the blade ship has been here we need to find out so i'm gonna go on board that ship and his officer's like are you sure it could be dangerous and ax is like no no i'm not gonna put my men in a situation that i wouldn't feel safe going into so i'm gonna be a leader cool cool axe. good boy Axe. we cut to jake jake is now training like specially chosen military personnel from all the world's militaries he's teaching them how to morph and he's doing a little bit better now, talking to his friends, reveals Cassie has a new boyfriend who she seems very happy with, named Reggie or Roger or something like that. Cassie's new boyfriend is 25 and she's yes. 19. Yes. That's yes. gross. Disgusting. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it I hate absolutely. It Cassie, like, you, okay, that's, mm. Cassie might be very mature for having been a leader in a war. She maybe has always been a quote-unquote old soul, but that's something that older men say to you because they're being creepy Mm -hmm. and grooming you. (laughs) And I don't know. I feel like having probably complex PTSD from being in a literal war Mm -hmm. might make you vulnerable to creepy older guys who are trying to manipulate you. And, you know, we don't actually have anything on the page about this dude, really, so... Maybe he's a fine gentleman, but... It's unsettling. It's unsettling, and it's 
like presented like it's fine. I don't know. I just hated it. I hated it so much. We're supposed you to guys think know Cassie has a here. happy ending. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, anyone at this point, anyone who gets like approaches you and wants to be in a relationship with you, you got to be like, mm, one of the most famous people on earth. Like, are they really in it for me? And <laughs> I think that she even says something about like not wanting to date him at first. Yeah. He had so, to like, I don't wear know. her down, which is like, Mm. <laughs> uncomfy ronnie chambers ronnie, that's, that's what it was it was so uh, it's just and i think the only oh he's six years older than her so yeah he's 25 yeah um i had resisted the whole dating thing for a long time and i resisted it with ronnie in particular because we had to work together also a red flag mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then she just says after the hag i knew i had to move on so She's dating him to move so on the from the Animorphs. Biggest so rebound ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's not great on her side. I'm like, dating on- you to get over a total war that I fought in as a child from the ages of 13 to 16. <laughs> what? Like, what can he possibly... How can he... Po- I just... It's the fact that I would have been okay with her dating a creepy 25-year-old if she got to go on the adventure at the end. Yeah, because yeah. then that could have been a setup of like... I mean, that's also kind of trite of being like, oh, love triangle, whatever. Oh, you know, there's the guy back home, but also there's Jake or Marco, that boy and that, you know. we get that a tiny bit. Like, Ronnie is intimidated when Jake does show up. Yes. But, like. But then Jake leaves. Jake leaves Jake's and like, I'm not here for you. I'm here for Tobias. Cassie is never going to see him again, right? Like, right. that is the implication that once the Animorphs leave the planet, they are never coming back here again. Mm-hmm. Like, that's their plan. So, like, What? I guess fuck Cassie then. She's just stuck on. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm getting so ahead. No, Jake just is like, like, you fought your war and and you've moved on from him. Like, but has she though? Has she? Has She's she? dating a 25 year old. Yeah. Like, someone needs to intervene. Maybe she wants to get with the gang again. I don't know. Truly, I mean, this was a prime opportunity for Team Carco. <laughs> <laughs> right? God I damn. almost thought it was going to go that way at one point when Cassie was like, oh, I've broken up with Jake. I'm talking to Marco. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. But no. No. <laughs> And so we get Ronnie. <laughs> oh, so one day after after Jake is done teaching class, he is approached by a couple of Andalites, including the only survivor of Axe's ship, the Intrepid, Menderash, um, who is quick to, to quick to say Axe has not been confirmed dead. We believe he is a prisoner on board the missing blade ship, but. Mm, <laughs> It's not looking good, guys. Seems unlikely, but sure. Yeah. Um, so basically, this ship that Axe was boarding sh- that showed no signs of life um, suddenly woke up and started shooting at the Intrepid. And as Menderash was attempting to escape, so Axe's boarding party is on the ship and he's trying to fuck off and save everybody else, he hears Axe transmit a final thought speech. And that final thought speech is just, Jake good Jake. god the shipping jay i think of you in my final moments Jake. <laughs> but also after what we find out happened acts could be a manipulation but yeah yeah it could have just been i do like Jake to think there. in the in the it is it is a, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anyway turns out blade ship was hiding inside of this other alien ship and then the two ships speed off together into kelbridge space this is a new civilization. We haven't heard of them before, but basically they have some sort of treaty with the Andalites that neither will attack the other so long as neither intrudes on each other's territories. The thing that's stupid about this is that neither knows what the other even looks like. So it's like, how you gonna know? Seems like an oversight in <laughs> how the plan. How are you gonna know? <laughs> no one's gonna know. Nobody's gonna know. How would they know? Yeah, I don't know how they came up with that idea yeah. or like how did they form the tree? Were they just like radioing each other? Like, I, yeah. hey, it seems like someone's out there. Just like What's throwing up? bottles into space and hoping it gets <laughs> message in a bottle. Um, I feel like it's actually like the situation where, um, you know, that I feel like it's like a story or something where someone's like yelling into a cave and they keep hearing the echo. Oh, back my and God. That someone talking so to them <laughs> like. Is someone there? There, there, yeah. there. Their their <laughs> names is actually like Andalite backwards or something. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's um, not how echoes work. They don't come backwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So Menderash fears that they're the whoever's on the blade ship is going to use axe as prisoner axe to break the treaty and start war between the Andalites and the Kelbrids. For what purpose? Mm. <laughs> Who could say? Who could say? Those crazy Yerks. Who knows what's going on with them? Um. Obviously, Jake will want to launch a rescue mission requested by the Andalites, but can't be seen to have any Andalite involvement at all because of said treaty. So Jake is like, well, the only ships that we have that be able to go out that far need to be piloted with like by an Andalite. We can't have an Andalite go with us. And Menderash is like, in two hours, I'll no longer be an Andalite. (laughs) I'm like, damn, son, that's hard. Yeah, he goes human for, for Axe. So maybe Jake has some competition there, too. Maybe. I don't know. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Menderash is a human. Great. He joins the crew. Jake goes to Cassie. He tells her what's up and also to figure out where Tobias is. Because, of course, Cassie knows where Tobias is. Out of everyone, Tobias would probably reach out to Rachel's best friend if he ever needed to talk about shit. Whatever. Um. Jake is like, Cassie, you stay on Earth. You are thriving. You can't get involved in another war. I can't I can't do this to you. Can't let you do this to yourself. Just just tell me where Tobias is and you'll never see me again. Um <laughs> cool. We've discussed that. Whatever. Terrible. Terrible. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> uh Jake recruits Marco, Tobias, and then two two people from his class that he teaches. <laughs> it's very, sure. very good to do as a teacher. They all go into space on the secret mission with Menderash piloting a ship. And Jake is like, ah, oh, yes, there's one, two, three, four, five. There's six of us again. This feels right. <laughs> um, also, the ship, they were like, this ship is so beautiful and dangerous. Let's name it Rachel. <laughs> it's like, sad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's a bad name for a ship, but I get what you were trying to do. I get what you're going for. You know, it's the epilogue. We got to name things after mm-hmm. dead people. It's, you know, what we do here, I guess. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> yeah. These these idiots, they fly around space for six whole months. They're like, we don't know who we're looking for. We don't know where to find them. Let's just fly around space. Yahoo. Just like the old days. <laughs> but then the blade ship finds them. <laughs> luckily luckily um at first jake's crew tries to lie and say they're like refugee yerks trying to meet up with other like-minded yerks in the universe uh but they're caught in their lie because they say they're from star trek and the people on the other boat are like we have humans on this ship and they tell us you're making a star trek reference so (laughs) Um, we then find out that everyone on the blade ship has been assimilated into some kind of entity called the one. Um, and we also find out this includes Axe because then we get this horrific, like Axe comes out and and displays himself. And this, like, he's very, his, his whole face is warped. But the one thing that's very different about Axe is that the one has given him a mouth. Um, Andalite faces aren't supposed to do that. <laughs> his face is just like split open and is talking to them with the mouth. It's terrible. I hated it. That was the grossest thing. <laughs> um, and the one is like, I'm gonna assimil- assimilate you, Jake, and all your Anamorph crew. Jake looks around and he realizes that the ship in front of them is too big. It's too fast. There's nothing. They can't shoot it. They can't get away without dying. What are they going to do? They are at an impasse. And then Jake is like, well, Marco, let's just ram the ship into the other ship. And the book ends. That's it. The end. So do you think they died? I I mean, absolutely. Right? You cannot run one (laughs) spaceship into another spaceship. You can't take any damage to your spaceship or it's going to suck you out into space. I feel like this could have been like the start of, which is also why I was like, I don't feel like it was supposed to be the start of a new spinoff because I feel like we're supposed to assume that they died. Like, Yeah. I don't know. You know, I even would have preferred if we had like, we have this moment where Jake is like, what are we going to do, gang? And then, or no, Marco's like, what are we going to do? And Jake's like, reckless, you say, or something like, because Marco had said something about we got to do something reckless and silly or whatever. 
and then it like zoomed out and we get like the Elemist and Cryak are talking to each other and Cryak's like, ha your Jake died. <laughs> Finally, I'm so happy. <laughs> and the Elemist is like, Dread, I'll have to start over with Cassie. She's the boring one. <laughs> I fully thought that what was going to happen for most of this book, what I thought was going to, I guess, moving into series theories, I guess, in yeah. reverse. Um, I thought what was going to happen was at some point the Elemist was going to show up and be like, what's up, Jake? This is how it played out. Here's the choice. You can go back and have to do this all again and have to suffer through this all again and maybe have the same result, but you will have the chance to, like, not kill those Yerks, right? Yeah. And I thought he was going to be like, yep, let's do it. And then it was going to rewind in time and be, like, the beginning. And it was going to be like, okay, so that's what the game is to see if Jake will ever, like, Make decide right to decision, not do that. Different decision. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Like, it was going to be, like, a very uh, – uh, Hades town sort of ending of like like even though we know the ending is going to be the same over and over again like we're still going to try to see if we can get it right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um that's not what happened though it no. what happened was this which... what happened was it just ends so abruptly but I mean I like that I like that versus like uh I mean I, I feel like the readers are smart enough to draw the conclusion of like probably the animorphs died that's probably yeah. what happened Maybe they didn't. There's still that little bit of wiggle room of, like, you can fill in your own stories. You can go write a fanfic, a fix-it-fic, where they somehow get out of it and rescue Axe, and Cassie comes to join them, and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Rachel turns out to have been in Z-space the whole time, and it's actually fine, and and she's basically an element. I'm sure there is that fic. I'm sure there's that. But I like that um, Applegate didn't feel like she needed to give us a happy ending, and she didn't feel like... uh, she needed to explain everything. Yeah. Was there some stuff that I would have liked explained more? Yes, mm-hmm. but like, oh well. I am no, no. I am. I am solely angry just because I want, I want more <laughs> of the one. Like yeah. you introduced the such such an interesting element at the end, and I don't get any resolution of that at all. And I'm like, well, that was. I had to read through Alien Toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I had to read through so much crap. The the buffa human. I had to read through so much crap to get here to the end. And a lot of it was good, but a lot of it was very bad. And um, then you throw this most interesting thing at the end. And that's it. Also, I'm sad about Rachel. Rachel's my favorite. <laughs> and she's dead. I mean, we knew Rachel wouldn't do well in yeah. a post-war yeah, world. Uh, yeah, I mean, I- she would have been worse off than Jake probably. I fully do hate the fact, though, that of the two female characters in the Animorphs, one is dead and is used as like a rallying point for the male characters, Mm -hmm. and the other has been sidelined because she is too beautiful and perfect for danger. Like, that sucks. Yeah. That fully sucks. (laughs) I don't know how else to to explain that other than that fucking sucks. Like, why did we do that? (laughs) Feels bad. Uh, this was 2001. Not great. I don't know. Just, you know. I'm very interested in reading more of K.A. Applegate's work after mm-hmm. this. I do want to see how her writing develops as the years go on. Yeah. Um, when she has full c- creative control over a series, like, you know, isn't having as many ghostwriters and stuff. I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think I've said before, I would love, I mean, I know... We don't need reboots and remakes and whatever, but I would love to see the Animorphs written like written by K.A. Applegate now, mm-hmm, almost, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, you know? Oh, my God. Um, they, what? I'm looking. I'm on AO3. Um, <laughs> there oh, is no. a 655,000 word, 82 chapter fic called Animorphs the Reckoning. It was, fi- it was last updated it's complete complete fic last updated july of 2021 i'm about to read this <laughs> Anna. i mean you do you i feel like i'm i'm about to read this right here on the on the podcast we don't we don't have no we're not doing that <laughs> um i also do want to share this funny thing i'm reading on seropedia right now too just like different facts about the series um this just made me laugh all of the models for the animorphs featured on the front and inside cover had been changed since the series began mostly because the original kids had grown up and moved away to college only cassie's model remained close enough to still model for animorphs 
and of course Axe, who is actually just a cardboard cutout. What? He's not real? (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) Beautifully written. Um, Okay, so couple questions to close us out here. Okay, yeah. Uh, what was your most morbid moment? Of the whole series or this whole book? Uh, both. Oh, God, that's hard. I had to use my know, brain right? to think really far back. I think of the book, I really, I hate this idea of the one um, mm-hmm. and, and acts like, the acts who they've been <laughs> diddling around for six months in space trying to find, um, being like this horrific version of him. Um, and acts is only crime- at, at that time was like going and, and being a leader and getting on the ship to investigate right mm-hmm. um having his whole body fucked up <laughs> that's that was that sucked for this book for the series oh god like war <laughs> war seems bad the yerks the idea of uh there being a parasitic species trying to take over human human rate the human race sub- mm. subversively like, no uh secretly mm-hmm. <laughs> that's scary yeah hate that i think my most mormon moment for this book uh was <sighs> probably the scene that i talked about after the dolphin thing where they're talking about mm. the war crime and whether or not that was an acceptable thing to do yeah um my most morbid moment from a meta standpoint is how terribly the uh, auxiliary anamorphs were used oh, in the series. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that a lot. And my most morbid moment, I think from the whole series still, of just viscerally scariest, is still the fucking ant scene, man, where they that was awful. get pulled apart by other ants. That was Like, awful. hated that. Hated that. Uh, okay, final thing about the anamorphs before we're done with the anamorphs forever. Who, at the end of the day, is the most valuable morph? Oh, at the end of the day. Coming out of the series, who is the most valuable morph? Jake. I know, right? Jake, it's Jake! (laughs) I hate it. I hate how we've been bamboozled. I hated Jake for so much of this series. And then at the end here, I was like, yes, yes. his character art is the best. It's the most fulfilling. Uh-huh, uh-huh. His ending of just like smiling the smile that looks like Rachel's smile and charging full on into the ship. Yes. Perfect. Beautiful. Exactly what we needed for Jake at the end of this. Absolutely. Uh, like it's so bittersweet and mainly bitter. And I just I love him as a character at the end I of really this. I really do. He's so good. It took it did take it took 50 books. It took so long it to took get so here. so long to get here. But without Jake, there is nothing. It it really was. We were, we doubted the Elmist for putting all his trust in we Jake. Really did. But Jake was the chosen he was one. Such a badass in the negotiations, too. Ugh, and like, yes. God. Truly, that plot twist I did not see coming. I didn't <laughs> that either. we would like Jake and value that him we would as like a person. Jake. <laughs> Weird. Oh a God. weird experience. <laughs> oh, man. 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 This book series. It was good. It was good. I'm glad we did this as adults. This is very fulfilling. Yeah. Um, it had some low points for sure, but for man, those sure. highs. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, also, whew, heavy hitting, heavy hitting stuff. How will we ever replace the Animorphs? in our lives and in our podcast em well let's talk about what we've got coming up segue okay so next week we are going to be as normal going to our uh non-series stuff so we'll be doing every breath by nicholas sparks for our grab bag unit yeah i know right the week after that hold on your seatbelts, guys because we're taking a week off i know very sad but um we haven't had a full week <laughs> off since we started doing yeah. weekly episodes and i am a little tired i edit the episodes every week even if we batch record stuff i still have to edit weekly and we feel like we've earned a little break from That's finishing right. animorphs you know what it's okay em you don't owe an explanation thank you you're good we're gonna take a break and you guys are gonna miss us dearly absence makes the heart grow fonder when we come back you'll be so amped to hear our next episode <laughs> 
how about on the seventh that week that we have off you guys just go back and listen to your favorite episode there, there you, you go. go yeah <laughs> those numbers it's gonna us. be the shelf aware podcast appreciation day there you go every year where, going forward <laughs> where m gets a nap um the week after that we will be back uh with uh whatever book follows uh every breath which we'll cover next week mm. and then the week after that we're going to be starting a mini series unit mm-hmm. uh it's just going to be three books long before we get into our next big middle grade series mm-hmm. which is going to be much longer um but we are going to be reading as requested ages ago by listener celine the golden compass series the his dark materials ser- series uh starting on february 21st yay um so and then tune i think in i'll for finally that. watch the show after Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. I just got Lin-Manuel Miranda in it, so we'll see. (laughs) I know how you feel about him. (laughs) Um, I have read the first two books in Mm -hmm. the series when I was in, like, freshman year, I think, but I never finished the Mm -hmm. series. Have you ever read any of these? I read them all when they first came out. Absolutely loved them. Um, Mm -hmm. Don't remember anything about them. Great. Perfect. (laughs) Love it. I'm very excited. Um, And I think the author, too, has recently released, like, a fourth but or, like, a follow-up to yeah. uh, the, the his, his Dark Materials series. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. could be potential there for other books further down Maybe. the line after our next big <laughs> middle grade series. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Take another three years. Uh, it should. It's a long it's one. A long <laughs> one. <laughs> I'm so pumped. I'm excited for it. Um, but yeah, come on by to check that stuff out. Please do. In the meantime, uh, if you have shared with us your favorite Animorphs moments or least favorites, we like those too. Um, and, or if you have another book series you'd like for us, not book series, b- just a book. Series is a big commitment. If you have a book you would like us to cover for the podcast, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Don't freak out when we don't have when one when, week when we don't have an episode that's planned, as you've heard. But we will be back. We'll have new stuff. It's going to be fantastic. You're going to want to be there from day one. I'm telling you. If you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify um, to listen to us, you it would be great if you could leave us a five-star review uh, but if you don't that's all right because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you may like you like you want to <laughs> in the words of k.a applegate's letter to the fans i want you all to know that it is my choice to end animorphs much as i'll miss it the time had come time to say goodbye jake goodbye cassie you two tobias and marco and axe goodbye rachel Good night, If you're coming along on the next trip, (laughs) grab onto something because we're going to start off by blowing up the entire world. Then the real trouble will start. You may now demorph. Aww. I know.